Hi there. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Amy. And on today's podcast, I am bringing you a conversation as opposed to a solo episode. I'm talking with my friend Kate. Kate Troyer is a local Canton, Ohio girl, and we talk about everything from her childhood and upbringing and how that has shaped the person that she is today. We talk about the law of attraction and meditation and just all things that make me so happy. So I hope that you enjoy our conversation. I feel like I wanted to have you on because you were one of the first people that I found online that was talking about like creating your own reality or law of attraction. And so that has I know that been... is how we met, isn't it? I imagine so. Like that's we met what I... in person once. Yes, but it was through, I think it was through like some kind of, we found each other on social media and we're like, oh, like, oh my God, you're close to me. We I should... know. Is, I think that's what happened, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yes. We were both in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. Like, what are the chances <laughs> that we're that? both in Canton, Ohio? Yes. So, and that was probably what, like a year and a, a half year ago? A year and a half ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember it was cold. Yeah. So it, it would have been mm-hmm. maybe a year ago. Yeah. I don't know. Time flies. It really does. So. It's weird. But yeah, that's what, um, I actually was talking to somebody recently about, like, um, how cool it is that we can, like we were taught, they were talking about forming relationships with people. And really it was, you know, kind of more of a sales kind of like talk, like that kind of relationship building. So we were talking about that and I was like, I have met like some of the coolest people that are like my kind of people through being on social media and just like being open about your life or just, and it's crazy to me, like, I don't know, like, how that ends up happening. Yeah, well, I feel like that's, once you start talking about things that you really want to be talking about, then you find those people. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, like, I'm actually getting ready to do a post on coming out of the spiritual closet. (laughs) Because it's like... It's so true. If you can't talk openly about these things, people aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, like, that was me. Yeah, it's like this weird connection, like, um, that, like, I think it's easier to create relationships and find people on social media, and I think that, like, there's this misconception of, you know, that you can't build real relationships through social media because it's not face-to-face, and, oh, we spend too much time on social and things like that, and Maybe some of us do, and yes, it can be a distraction, but I think that, I mean, I've just, I've met some really, really cool people, and I think just being, like, also not trying to be, like, oh, I, um, you know, all of these good things are going on in my life, and that kind of thing. I think it's more about, like, sharing your actual, like, some days suck, and going through, like, a spiritual awakening I think everybody, you see that as like such a positive, good thing. And it is. However, I feel like not a lot of people share like the shitty part of it. Right. (laughs) You know, that it's like, okay, at first it's really exciting. And you're like, yeah, I feel so awake and everything feels so good. And then you hit that part of, oh my God, there's all these things that I want to change. I need to change. I have to deal with to keep feeling this good about where my life's at 
And that's the crappy part of it. And not, I mean, it ends up being a part of the good, but I feel like not a lot of people share that part of it. So it's like you see them, you don't see the past. You just see, oh, I'm in such a great place now. Yeah, like the Instagram highlight reel. Yes, and I don't, like that was something for me is like I, I actually, what made me really like want to dig into this more is a couple months ago I had, um, I met with a, a new realtor and we had connected from social media and we were sitting, we were having coffee and she made this comment to me. She was like, you just seem to have your life so together. And I literally about spit out my tea and laugh and I laughed and she was like, what's so funny? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just trying to figure it out just like you are. And that was when I kind of took things like, I think I had already done this a little bit, but I was always trying to put like, like a positive spin on everything I was posting. And that's kind of when I stopped doing that and really took it like day by day. Like, how am I feeling today? Like, well, today I'm not feeling great. And this is why it's because I'm trying to push through, you know, this, or I'm trying to have more courage or I'm trying to have less self-doubt and, you know, I think that that's something that for me has been really important is just kind of like sharing more of like the crap part of, you know, like growing into a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that like, I think that's cool. I think feel like that's something that you and I often kind of end up talking about because it's so necessary and I think it's good that when you have that you have somebody to talk with about that that gets it you know like that's kind of on that same mindset but also you can be like hey like this is you know what I mean not always like the positive side of it because that's what most people do right well and I think in especially in like a conscious awakening or a spiritual awakening it's shining the light on like maybe the darkness Mm -hmm. and you're you know a lot of people in like the spiritual um you know that what is in the spiritual community talk about working through your shadow and it's because your eyes are finally opened to like what's around you and Mm -hmm. um and it's not always great but um but yeah so let let me start with like I I do want to talk about opening people's minds to like a new and different perspective or awakenings and um I don't know much about your background like what was your childhood like and maybe how has it shaped <clears throat> who oh, you are huge 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 part of who I am um my childhood wasn't and I'll say chi- and when I'm I'm saying childhood I'm kind of talking about from kid, teenager, like that kind of whole, um, area of my life. And I think our subconscious is formed up until like about 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. So like, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that's actually kind of a, a really good segue. Um, and this was actually kind of, I'll share a little bit of what I I shared on a, a bigger story with somebody, um, just a couple days ago. Um, but for me, like my childhood was fine. Um, it wasn't anything spectacular. My parents definitely were not, didn't have a happy marriage. 
Um, so they fought a lot. So, um, like I definitely like that's, I'm so very opposite of that now. Like I'm very calm. I hate fighting. I hate yelling, even though I'm an extremely loud person, (laughs) I hate like yelling and fighting and that kind of thing. Um, so I definitely grew up with that. And then I would say when I was probably around seven or eight, um, was kind of when I mentally stopped being a kid. Um, and started dealing with a lot more of like adult kind of issues. My mom kind of always treated me like her friend, even when I was really like way too young to be her friend. Um, is it because of a divorce? No, my parents didn't get divorced until probably about seven years ago. Like I was 22 when my parents got divorced. Okay. Yes. Um, (laughs) and they should have gotten divorced, um, much sooner. So, (laughs) Um, my, uh, they didn't have a good marriage and part of that was, um, I'm going to get personal, but try and be mindful of what I'm saying. Um, my, um, in essence, my mom, um, cheated on my dad a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, and So she started kind of like telling me about stuff like that when I was like seven, eight years old. That will grow you up fast. Yes. Um, I'll never forget one day having a conversation of, um, with her about, because I, I knew one of the, the guys. I didn't know really what was, and I was still too young to kind of like really grasp what she was talking about, but I knew it wasn't right. Um, but I'll never forget the one day that she literally, I was like, she was just like chatting with me and I was like, I had this dream that, that you told me that so-and-so was my new dad. And her response to me was, well, how would you feel if he was your dad? And I, and that was like the first time I remember being like, I not certain what you're getting at. Cause I was so young, but like something about this conversation isn't right. And, um, probably a maybe a year maybe or so after that um was when things kind of came out and oh well I've been you know cheating on your dad with the having an affair with this guy for um you know a long time and they were all friends like you know him and his wife my parents they did stuff together all the time like it was really strange (laughs) yes um so that was like my first kind of like view of adult life and then I feel like mentally I kind of stayed in that place almost like 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 it it took that innocent part of my childhood completely away from me um and then once I um kind of grew into being a teenager um I um my parents were very like they supported anything that I wanted to do and at this but at the same time they never they never pushed me to do anything. Like, I never had any discipline, um, like, in high school and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really have a curfew. Like, I really just kind of did whatever I wanted. Were you an only child? No. Okay. Were you uh, the youngest? <laughs> Oldest. Oldest. Yes. It's a very weird dynamic. Yes, a very weird dynamic. Um, my sister and I were never really close. Um, She's only two years younger than me, but we were never very close growing up. We're complete opposites. And probably until about like um, a couple years ago, we were not close. We're actually extremely close now. Um, I would consider her to be like one of my best friends now, but my whole life we were not close. 
And a lot of that stems back to kind of our childhood and some things that went on. My mom definitely favored me. Um, and my sister was kind of like cast in my shadow in a way. And, um, I think that was something we kind of had to like grow up and become adults until we could mentally, till she could kind of mentally separate, like it wasn't me. It was, you know, like our mom that kind of, yeah, your mom's issues that put that on us, not, Mm -hmm. you know, that we actually can't be close. Um, so High school was um, kind of a weird, messed up time for me as well. Um, I was always like, up until I was like 16, I was super shy, extremely awkward. I hated talking to people, which you know me now. And I feel like that's, yeah, you're like complete opposite. Networking. Yeah. Like I'm very social. I have no filter. Like, so it's kind of weird. And that was very much something that I kind of had to create within myself because I knew I needed to. Um, and so I was really shy and awkward and just a very weird kind. I was a good kid, like extremely good, never did anything bad. Um, was always afraid of getting in trouble. Um, that kind of thing until I was about 16. Um, and when I turned 16, I had had like this boyfriend for a couple years. He was my first boyfriend. Um, and when I turned 16, I broke up with him. He was very controlling. He was, uh, mentally abusive, physically abusive. Like, and that was my first relationship, you know, like that's what I thought relationships were, I guess. Um, so when I turned 16, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I kind of went a little wild and I partied and had fun and I was still a good kid. Um, up until my senior year, halfway through my senior year, um, I kind of dealt with some different things, uh, like with, that had to do with my mom. Um, I kind of found out that she was, doing some things, um, with people that I was dating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, so, but mindful about. You have this role model that is your mother mm-hmm. that treats you like an adult because now yep. you're like equals, which yep. is actually kind of a, you know, conscious Can parenting, be. like. Can be a good thing. Can be a good thing. Yes. Until they start to drag you down into their shadow and their mess. Mm -hmm. I think she was very, um, my mom was somebody, and I think she's, I don't know if she's still like this, but like she never wanted to get old. Like I remember when she turned 30 when I was six and her just being like, oh my God. And you know, when she turned 40 and like she didn't want to grow old, I think it was somehow um, her going after um people I was dating when I was in high school um was some like how her way to stay young or something of Mm. that nature well and I feel like before (laughs) you continue like I just was going through this thought with um with my brothers and actually I feel like it it maybe can just be said here Mm mm-hmm because I don't know what your relationship was with your mom now, but I feel like when we put labels on people like, this is my mother, mom, yeah. this is what she should be doing for me. Yes. She should be this perfect role model. She should be nurturing. She should want to like 
you know, take me to the skate park with my friends or like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're adding the shoulds and the labels and without the awareness that that, like, she is just a human going through her own story. And the fact that you grew up in this environment Mm -hmm. has shaped you significantly I am sure yeah oh yes for sure I don't think that's the thing is like I don't want to I don't want to talk about this from a place of like being a victim or like a negative way because I very much believe I would not be the like the well-rounded person that I am now without it so it's like it's now I in some ways like I do I still harbor like ill feelings about it sure you know, like mentally, that really messed me up for a long time. Um, I moved away um, after high school. I lived in Illinois for a few years and um, I, I ended up moving back. And when I moved back, my parents were still together. And when I moved back, I had, you know, I had kind of run I kept running from like dealing with it because I'm like, wow, this is so messed up. And mentally I'm like, I couldn't deal with it. So when I moved back, I actually went through like almost a year long, like really bad depression. Like, um, I don't know if anyone is a beach boys fan or knows about Brian Wilson, but I, I like to say that I like Brian Wilson for like a year of my life where like, I didn't leave my bedroom. I gained 40 pounds, Um, I was just in a, like, I didn't work, nothing. I had to sell my car because it was going to get repo because I wasn't, I mean, I was literally not doing anything and I was staying at my parents' house and really not once did anybody say like, what the hell is going on with you? Like you, whoa, like, you know, you came back and you were like looking like this and now you look like that and you're mentally like not doing well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember honestly, like, um, you know, sitting on my bed some days, like, and being like, do I really want to keep doing this? Um, you know, I mean, I really had serious thoughts like that. And I would, I would, um, I mean, I would honestly sit there and think about like, oh, I know. And I don't want to be like morbid about this, but this is honestly like what I, I thought and like what I went through where I would think like, I know where my dad keeps his gun in his room. Like, hmm, I wonder like what, like I would, I never actually went and got it, but I remember like sitting there and just thinking like mentally, I just, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. And I felt like nobody, I mean, I'm literally going through all of this process. My family is right there. They're watching it and no one's saying anything Yeah, like that to me is weird, you know? Um, but then again, that kind of goes back to like what you just said, like you put these roles on people, like you should be this, you should be that. Um, and really they don't have to be anything. They're human, just like you and I, and they're all on their own path and, and they're making their own decisions. And, and really, um, I, I pulled myself out of that depression. I, I honestly can't even remember if I had like a trigger or what it was, but I just remember one day I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. Like if I'm going to continue on with my life, it cannot be like this. I'm so unhappy. I need to, I need to just pull myself out of it. And I woke up the next day and I was like, I made that conscious decision of, I'm not going to live like this anymore. I got a job. Like I started getting my life back together. Um, and that was kind of like a really weird time in my life and not a great time. But again, I wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't have that. So I'm not upset about it. 
Um, as far as like, do I have a relationship with my mom now? Um, I do now. Um, and that's something that I struggle with often. Um, I didn't talk to her. They, my parents finally got divorced. Um, I think when I was 22 or 23, um, she, uh, remarried less than a year after they were divorced, which I don't think anyone was really surprised about that. They're still together. They seem happy. Good for them. Um, I didn't talk to my mom for probably four, almost five years after that. Um, I had a time where I did speak with her. I stopped talking to her. We found out, like her parents, we found out my grandma was sick, um, that she had stage four cancer. And my mom's an only child. And my grand, like her parents, best freaking grandparents on the planet. Like you would, like just even this little story that I've shared about my mom and and I'm not trying to like paint her in this horribly negative light. I mean, it's just what happened. It is what it is. But like her parents were like complete opposite of what you would think she would come from being that kind of person. Like they were super in love with each other. Just super like they're the ones that taught me what love was. Like I didn't like I didn't see that in my normal in my, you know, my family family growing up. But my grandparents definitely picked up the slack on that. And, like, we were so loved. And they just thought my sister and I were the greatest things ever. You know, like, they were awesome freaking grandparents. And so when we found out my my grandma was sick, I just, I couldn't not talk to my mom then. I was like, I, you know, it's not right for my grandparents, one. And two, you know, then after, within that year, they both passed. My grandpa passed, like, a couple months after my grandma because he was like, I... Like, I do life because of this woman. Hmm. Like, that's how, like, they were that in love. And so after she died, like, I'll never forget my grandpa. Like, a week before he died, my sister and I were over there. And he was like, girls, I'm going to be honest with you. Not doing good. And my grandpa never said that. He was, like, Santa. Like, super jolly and happy (laughs) and had that, like, um, belly-roaring laugh. Like, he was just that person. And through all the health things that he went through, he was, I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But once my grandma died, he was like, no, I'm good. Um, which was kind of like a bitter sweet kind of thing. Um, so I spoke with her for about a year after that, because I was like, wow, you just lost both your parents. You have no siblings. So I was the one in that situation where I was like, you know what? Like it might be hard for me to talk to you, but I feel like I need to be there for you still because you don't, I mean, yeah, you have your husband, but you don't really have any other family and I want to be there for you. So about a year after that, I sat her down and I was like, I can't talk to you anymore. Like I'm done. This is mentally, it was, I was still too hard for me mentally to deal with it. And so I didn't talk to her for about four, maybe almost five years. Um, And it was because I had to, I mentally had to get to a place where I could accept what happened And my biggest thing was not letting what happened define me as a person or define my future. I had to detach from that and and say, hey, like, yes, I want my mom to be what you think a mom should be, but my mom's never going to be that. Mm -hmm. She's not going to be that as a person. She's never going to be able to fill that role in my life. And I have to be okay with that. And it just because that's just the way it is. And so... We started talking again probably about a year ago. Um, and it's still something that I can't, like, I get mad at myself because 
I feel like, well, I've forgiven you and I've forgiven you enough to be able to move on with my life and not let it define me. But I still have those moments of like, she can do like the most, the dumbest things that like, there's no reason it should make me mad. Like she's just trying to be, she's trying to now be like the supportive mom, which to me, I think it makes me mad because it's not that like, to me, it's fake. Like, and it's probably not, like, I get it, but it's just, like, it's so over the top mm-hmm. that it's, like, you know, and she'll say things about how proud of me she is and stuff. And I just, that stuff still sets me off and makes me mad because I'm, like, you don't get to say that you're proud of me. Well, it's hard you know? for you to detach from the story that mm-hmm. you've told yourself for a long time about your mom and your relationship. Yep. And so, yeah, those are those are things that probably time needs to just yeah and I think it's it's never going to be what I want it to be and I've accepted that but and I really have I've accepted it but that doesn't always make it like on the day-to-day there are some days where I'm like no I don't accept that like that pisses me off you know and that's just the way it is and I know that that's something I'm probably going to deal with my whole life and it just kind of gets a little bit better and I I just that's something that I focused on a lot with that situation is detachment that was a big 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 thing for me well and I think maybe a approach that you could have is to take the like this is just how it is Mm -hmm. and once you take your attachment from how you want it to be yeah um like I actually talked to my husband about this because um you know, our background is conservative Christian and uh, I I don't know, maybe I was trying to trigger him, but I was talking about, you know, what what would you do if one of our kids came out and they were gay and mm-hmm. because I feel like he has an attachment to... to what he would prefer in the situation. Yes. And I think think and my you know what I've studied and learned in the past couple years has just been having no attachment to the outcome Mm -hmm. is the only way that you yourself can find that inner peace yep and so you mentioned detachment but I would maybe just turn it a little bit to just not be attached to how you think it should should be. be yes um so but that's really Wow, that's like an, a lot an of... interesting story. <laughs> but like... I mean, and I wasn't gonna go full on into the like. I mean, I could go into more. So detail, many parents but, have but cheated on other people. Like I won't mention any mom <laughs> or dad or, or. I mean, all right, like it. That's not you know the other. It gets a lot deeper than that, and we won't go into all those details. But but i mean it's very important because it is very much like i was actually talking with mike my my boyfriend about it the other day because like he has now met my mom and uh that was a very weird experience for me um that's still hard for me um, right letting her in to your into my life into your space. especially to like <laughs> meet my boyfriend <laughs> right with your history yeah like You're it's like... just like it's something that like like she literally the other day said something about like oh I thought Mike would like this burger or something because he likes this and I was like how do you know what my boyfriend likes like don't talk about like and yeah, and I was of... that's what started Mike and I's conversation I was like it may it upsets me that 
something that stupid bothers me. It makes so I have to keep working on that not being attached. And and you know, and he said to me, you know, if it still mentally messes with you, maybe you don't have a relationship with her and that's okay. Right. Yes, letting people out of your life. And I did and it's like I feel like I always let her back in because it's like I feel bad for her. I I do. Like I I feel I still have empathy for her. Because to be that person and do the things that she did, you have to have something going on that's not great. And so I still have empathy for her. Like, it's not like I don't hate her. I never have. Um, But it's like that fine line of can I have a relationship with you and still be mentally healthy myself? And that's what I'm most concerned about. And so, like, you know, I was kind of, like, going through that like really telling him, you know, all these things. And, and he kind of stopped me and he was like, Kate, I don't think you give like, and I'm like, you know, it's no big deal. So many people had it so much worse than I did. It's fine. You know, like it just is what it is. And he stopped me and he was like, I just feel like for just one second, you need to give yourself credit. And I was like, for what? And he goes, the fact that you have turned into such this like wonderful well-rounded person and like you have so much empathy still for someone who has mentally just like really like did a number on you and the fact that like you have gotten to the point where you're at in life and you are aware and you're you know everything like you need to give yourself credit for that because so many people could have gone through the same thing and they would not be the person that right. you are today. And and you don't give yourself credit for that. And I'm like, well, and me personally, I'm like, what? I don't feel like there's any credit to give. Like, you know, I could have had way worse childhood, you know, and there's so many people that did to where I'm like, I feel like I can't, I can't complain about it or be like, oh, well, this happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. because it really doesn't matter. Like, I'm the one that decides the person that I'm going to be and what makes me tick in life and how I'm going to move forward, you know, that's, and that's, I very much had to figure that out, you know, and that was part of my process of what led me here. But, um, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And that was something that I, I was kind of thinking about, like, this is almost totally off topic, but, you know, sometimes I think we do need to give ourselves credit for, not like doting on ourselves, but like ha- giving that credit where credits due kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. it builds you, confidence. Like when you yes. acknowledge things that you have overcome in life, I think it does. It builds confidence, and mm-hmm. it, I mean, yeah, yeah, not sitting with it like, oh, I'm this champion right. or not anything like arrogance. that. But right, but just being like, you know what? Like, yeah, this happened to me. Yeah, it was really messed up. Okay, I got through it. Like, good for me, and then move on. But I just um. I think that that's kind of a, was a decent, my decent attempt at a segue into, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's really, I hate to like share that much in a way because I, I, again, I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to be like, oh, you know, woe is me kind of thing, but it's very, very, very much what has built me into where I am and like who I am today. Do you feel like you had kind of a shift in perspective? Obviously, when you were seven or eight, like that was very like your consciousness, Mm -hmm. like changed and raised. Do you feel like when you moved back 
and you came out of that depression, like you said, nothing specific triggered you, but do you feel like, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Which I feel like is something that drew us together, yes. which was the law of attraction. Yes. And I create my own reality. And that was really, um, I really got into, um, all of that probably about, God, it's been a little over two years now. Um, no surprise, um, be probably because of, you know, um, the way I was raised and some of the, the, mental things and issues that I kind of went through. Um, I ended up dating someone, um, for four years. We lived together. Um, he was very controlling, um, in the fact of like, he made me feel like I was broken and that I had all these issues and stuff like that. And like, he was the only one that could fix them. And for most of our relationship, I actually, that made me feel safe. Because I didn't realize what he was doing was, like, to manipulate and control me. I was just like, oh, my God, this guy really cares about me. Like, he wants me to feel safe here. Um, And then I realized we were sitting down one day and, like, just having, like, a discussion. And I was like, I'm not happy. I think I want to leave. And and he was like, you know, we've been together for almost, you know, for four years. Do you want to just throw all that away? I think this is what, you know, we need to work on this. This is what happens sometimes when you're with somebody. And I'm like, you know, and I was like, okay, like, I think that that's a fair, you know, a fair assessment. And I said, you know, I'll think about it, but I'm just, something's just not right. And he looked at me and and he, he said, I just feel bad if you leave. Like, I'll feel so bad for you because literally no one in your life loves or cares about you. Like, I'm really the only one. And if you leave, like, and he said it in such a nice way, (laughs) such a nice, like, oh, like caring way. And he was like, I mean, I'll just, you'll have no one. You're like so broken and I'm the only one that can heal you. Yes. And I just remember, like, I just stared at him and I was like, wow. Like, and it just, it like, it was like that moment it hit me like, oh, you're not this good person that I thought you were. You just want to control me and my mental state and my emotions so that I don't leave you. And that night I was like, I'm done. Like, this is not for me. Like, sorry. But like you said that and it made me realize the person that you really are. And that's not the person I want on my team. And so, um, I left after that. And so obviously for a minute I was, um, I had to deal with, and we were together, you know, like he pretty much took, took care of everything. And I didn't really have a lot of responsibilities as far as like money go or like financially or anything like that. Um, and you know, it took me a a few months to like really be like, to go from feeling like this broken person that needed to be fixed. That he was making you out to be. <laughs> yeah. To being like, no, I'm the one that creates the life that I want. Um, and it all literally started with like me being kind of, I won't even, I'll say, I was depressed, but depressed to me was like the depression I talked about earlier. I mean, it, when I'm talking about it, like that crazy, like, but you know, I was obviously depressed and just kind of like, wow, like. I don't want to be this broken person. I don't want to rely on someone else for my self-worth, for my happiness, um, for my, you know, financial responsibilities. Like, 
I want to take care of Kate. I want to take care of me. And I want to be whoever the hell I want to be. And I want to make those choices. Because my whole life it was like all these other people and circumstances shaped who I was and shaped really, you know, um, what I was doing in life. And that's when I just, after that relationship, I was like, no, I want to live life on my terms. And so while I was kind of mentally going through that, I started watching all these different documentaries on Netflix about being happy, about just whatever, because I, I was just like wanted to feed my brain with as much new like material like that as possible to try and figure out like what works for me and what what resonates with me. And I of course stumbled upon The Secret that's on Netflix. And now it's so funny to me because it's like two plus years later, The Secret is really great like as a documentary, but it's such a teeny tiny sliver of what this whole journey is actually about. But that's really what kind of started me on that. And so I just started to like dive into that like crazy. And I've literally probably watched that, I don't even know, probably like over a hundred times. I mean, I would just watch it over and I would have it on in the background. Because for me, just that simple thought of being like, I'm the one that creates my own reality. My thoughts actually legit shape everything in my reality. Like that was such a huge shift for me. Um thinking about the things that I wanted can come to me easily instead of it being hard. And I think what I've worked on, and that's kind of, I think, what somehow brought us, I can't even remember what it was, but it's something that it was what brought us together. Because I think I started posting, you know, more um, things like that about mindset Mm -hmm. and whatever, um, kind of at that time. And then I think what's been the biggest thing for me is this last year is taking that up like a huge notch and um, really just being like, no, like really seeing what creating your own reality is and not having attachment to what things are supposed to be. And the biggest thing for me is because I'm a planner and I like to know how everything's like, I have to know how everything works, how everything's going to work out for me. And this is still like a sometimes a daily Um, a daily challenge or thing that I go through is letting go of how I think things should happen or work out and just really saying this is what I know I want I'm willing to take action to get what I want even if I have no idea how it's going to come together and like having faith in just this in just being able to command this is what I want out of life this is what I'm going for. And then being open and being aware of taking whatever opportunities come at you to achieve whatever that thing is. And, but not knowing, like not knowing how everything's going to work out. Like that's the biggest thing with, you know, I was telling you earlier, I recently, I very recently on Monday, I went in and, and quit my corporate sales job. Yay. I'm so excited. Um, and I've been thinking about doing that for months and I was terrified because I'm like, I don't know. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to make this work out? How is this going to play out? All those things. And finally I just said, I don't care how it's going to play out. I know that, you know, um, taking this other, you know, opportunity within, you know, interior design and everything I know that's what I want it's want it's what I've wanted since I was like seven or eight years old 
um, and I have an opportunity. I don't know how it's all going to come together, but I believe in the longevity of it and I know it's what I want to do. So I'm just going to take that leap of faith and have no idea how everything's going to come together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so maybe that would, you know, as far as if we're talking about manifestation, um, I really think that sometimes you, that proved to me that you have to let go of something you, that's okay or that you don't want for anything really great to enter your life or what's supposed to enter your life. You know, I quit my job. I had, I know, I knew that I was going to have to make some kind of part-time, um, income while I'm starting, um, with the staging and the design stuff, um, for, you know, a little while, um, just to make up that income for me. And what did I, you know, I happened to, um, I was offered, you know, a a part-time job later that day after I quit my job. And, and that morning leaving my house, I had no idea how everything was going to come together. And it was just like, bam, 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 you know, and it wasn't like, and just like the, you know, the, the guy that hired me, we talked about energy and auras when I, for fit, I mean, I was literally there for 15 or 20 minutes talking to him and we just had this cool vibe and connection. And I was like, this is the kind of guy I want to work with, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so just like that to me was just like, so like I, I had already been at this point where I believed that, you know, the universe giving you what you need, it is possible without you knowing how it's going to happen. Um, but that to me was like, I needed to see that I needed to almost know that that's really how it works. Mm -hmm. And right. We still, it was, yeah, we all still kind of want that. Like, um, we want the proof Mm -hmm. and, little things give us the confidence to keep moving forward. Yep. I mean, like I, we have it all the time where you make one small, you know, maybe you just take a small leap of faith mm-hmm. and see, you know, how it works out for your good. And all the while you're just choosing something that would make you happier. Yep. And it wasn't like about money. It wasn't about timing like what you should be doing in life right now mm-hmm. or any of that, like all the the stories that we get from that kind of society and culture. and But I feel like you, when I talked to you last, it was like, oh, it's just every day I'm going in and I'm hating this. I'm, I don't want to be doing this, but I don't know what's next. And, mm-hmm. you know. That- yeah, I had no, and I was like, I was trying to, think of things that could be next. Like I looked at going into real estate, but I was like, I don't want to be a real estate agent, but Oh, that, you know, I almost took a job back in insurance. Um, because, Oh, well it just makes sense. Oh, they're going to pay me a nice salary. I know I'm capable of doing it. And I was so close. Like I literally almost renewed my insurance licenses again. And at the, like the last moment I was like, no, why am I saying yes to this? Like, so my biggest thing, I think this is kind of like, I like to kind of on my birthday and then at the new year, I'm not really like a resolutions kind of person, but I like to think about, okay, in a year from now, how do I want to feel? And if I want to feel this way, what are some practices or things that I need to work on throughout the year to, you know, be better at this or that? And like my thing, I think for this year um, is really is 
working on saying no and saying no to things that don't align with what my end goals are, with the kind of person that I am. I've always been a yes person because I'm like, I'm a helper and I'm a fixer. I like to help everyone. I like to fix problems. And I realize I need to let that go because those things aren't helping me get anywhere. It's just keep, it's, it's like me deflecting dealing with myself to fix everybody else. And that is not going to help me get to the places in life that I want to get. So I need to start saying no. Like, even though I think, like, even like charity work, like I've had, I turned, you know, I started doing some different charity things um, or nonprofit stuff I wanted to get really involved in because I'm like, oh, like I met you and you're so cool and you love your nonprofit. So I want to love your nonprofit. And I'm like, why do I keep doing it? Why do I keep trying to attach myself to what other people are doing because it's like, oh, that's really cool. I want to be a part of that. Why am I not carving out my own things? So you, that's something that you said no to. Mm-hmm. That's something. I, I said yes ask, originally, like, and then I went back and I was like, you know what? This conversation sucks, but no, I can't help you. No, I don't want to do your social media stuff. No, you know, and it was like that was hard for me to do because I wanted to help. Like I I keep wanting to be a part of everyone else's journey. That was something that I very much realized in the past few months is like I try and attach myself to other people's journeys because I want to be that person that comes in and helps and fixes Mm -hmm. and makes things better. But that's not, that doesn't align with, like, so where are my goals at? They're almost non-existent because I'm working on every, I'm helping all these other people with their goals. Yeah, well, and that's for sure, like, one of the concepts that I teach is, like, the making space. Mm -hmm. Because it's huge. I mean, you can do it in your life. You can do it in your calendar and your schedule. uh, But you can also do it in your own mind Mm -hmm. by meditating and quieting your mind, Mm -hmm. quieting those thoughts. And that's where the opening, like, in your mind, that's where the opening occurs that the new thing that you yourself birth comes through. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's huge. And that's something like I used to meditate like when I, I did like a yoga teacher training a few years ago. And so we obviously, you know, learned and focused on meditation. So I did a lot of meditation when I was going through that and I got pretty decent at it. Um, I, it, meditation is not easy for me. Um, just I don't in know general, I've heard people say I got pretty. I got pretty. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was like, like I was able to get to a point where I was like, mm, you know, like I would have like little visions and things like that. Well, now I'm starting over, and I have been like, I started off like a, I don't know, it's like a month and a half ago, and I started actually. Um, with every morning I would get up, I would listen to the seven minute one that you did. Cause I'm like, I can do this for seven minutes. Um, and, and I was like, okay. And like, it's more for me. Like, I feel like I, I suck at meditation because <laughs> it's not so, true. it's so <laughs> hard for me to like calm and quiet myself. Cause I have so much energy all of the time, but just taking, like, I've kind of moved to where like now I don't have to necessarily listen to something. I can just like, so in the morning, um, and this has been a big thing for me and something I'm, I'm really trying to work on now is putting like a really solid, like routine of habits together for myself and meditation is one of those things. So the first thing that I am trying to do every day, um, which I need to be, you know, some weeks I do it every single day and other weeks I'm not consistent. Consistency is something like I would say habits, 
consistency and only saying yes to things that align with my actual purpose um, are my three things for 2019. Um, my three biggest focuses for myself um, for growth. And so like, you know, um, just getting up in the morning, I let my dog out, I bring her in, I feed her. And then I just sit down on my floor in my room and close my eyes and just kind of like, and I'm constantly like, no, no, wait, 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 like stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I just, I have so much going and we all do. We all have so much going on in our own minds and it's hard to quiet it. And I used to get frustrated with it. Like I would get mad at myself because I don't like to not be good at things. <laughs> right. And so I'm just like, I would get mad, like, and like almost like yell at myself internally. And now I've just learned to be like, you know, it sometimes it takes me a second to realize that a new thought has popped into my head and I've squirreled off with it, you mm-hmm. know. And then once I realize it though, I'm like, well, no. And then I focus on my breathing again. And I'll say that even though I don't feel like I'm not having any like, um, you know, visions or having anything profound come to me in meditation at this point. And I think it's going to take me a while until I, I get there. But I have noticed just a huge difference in my day-to-day life of being more present in each moment just because, just because I make myself sit down for 10 to 20 minutes um, in the morning as often as possible and just try and quiet myself like even Mm -hmm. if I don't succeed which I rarely do I mean honestly I rarely succeed at being quiet inside but I'm trying and just that trying has I think has made like um a serious like honestly a serious impact in my day-to-day life well and I think for me I am trying to implement like quiet moments throughout my day Mm -hmm. like uh, yesterday, I think it was, I went to pick up my son and I've been trying to not focus on like, um, you know, just getting there, just getting there and picking him up and coming back. Like as the goal, Mm -hmm. like the goal is driving and the goal is sitting in my car. And I even like looked out the window as I was sitting there in my car. And I thought to myself, like this, is meditation in like your in, life. Yeah. Like in meditation practice, emotion in almost. Emotion. Yep. And I felt like, and I think that's something that like Eckhart Tolle teaches too, is like if you, you can meditate in the morning and that's great because it usually kind of starts you off on a, just a really healthy, balanced feel. Mm-hmm. But if you can start kind of, picking points out through your day like when you get in your car just take a deep breath before you start the car mm-hmm. and then that will impact all of your your day and all of your life you mm-hmm. know like you really want to kind of like spread it out and have that as yeah. your presence no and like, you do because I feel like when and being in your car is such a great example because it's like when you're in your car your mind's all over the place you're worrying about what's next what's this And so what I've tried to do in the car is like, that's when I'm trying to practice not without being forceful with it. It's when I try to be mindful of being grateful. Like what can I, gratitude can. Yes. And like what I'm thinking of, like if my brain starts to go to like, oh crap, like I just quit my job. How am I going to pay this bill next week? And I'm just saying, I just say, get out of my head. 
what am I grateful for right now? And so if my mind is starting to go to like this place of worry, I try and bring it back to what I'm grateful for. And something that I have recently started doing. So I um, started listening to um, this podcast and the guy goes by Charlie Rocket. And I am like freaking love this guy. I heard him. He did an interview on a, another podcast that I listened to. And I listened to it like 20 times over. Because I'm like this kid like knows like he's got like he's got the sauce. Like I just really like resonated with him and something that he does is he like counts winning streaks every day and I have started doing this like I've got like Mike is like obsessed with it and I've got this like um group of um like this small group of friends um that like we have a winning streak text group I've seen that hashtag that you've used so explain to me what (laughs) what so So it's pretty much like just like declaring your winning streaks, right? Throughout the day to remind you that you might feel like life sucks, but it really doesn't. So what are your winning streaks? And like, so my winning streaks could literally like, was it yesterday? Um, I was like, this was one of my winning streaks from yesterday. And I literally will like, especially when I'm by myself, I literally will like yell out like winning streak because it gets me excited. Like it's like I'm a kid, right? Your energy. Yes, it does. And it it feels like kind of dumb at first, but I've totally embraced it. And now like I will just, you might be with me randomly and something like I'll find like a quarter on the ground and I'll be like winning streak. (laughs) And it's a quarter. Like it's not an exciting, but it almost kind of brings you back to like, even that something I've been thinking about too is like the, bringing your mindset back to when you were a kid and you felt like anything was possible Mm -hmm. because anything really still is possible. We've just, you know, we've hardened and stuff by growing up to where, you know, we take that fun out of life. And for me, that innocence and stuff was taken out of my life young. So I'm trying to get back to like really being like looking at the world like a kid looks at it. That's something Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be mindful of. But so yesterday I'm driving and I'm at a roundabout and I hate roundabouts, by the way. I think uh, they're yeah. so stupid because some people are like, you think they're going to stop. They're not going to stop. I almost pulled out in front of someone at, at a roundabout, but I didn't. And so I literally was like, winning streak. Like, I didn't get in an accident right now. Okay. And I know it's like, I have, because to me, it's like the more winning streaks I feel like I can rack up in my brain every day, the better I feel about my day. So it doesn't have to be, sometimes it's like cool, profound stuff, like, when I quit my job and then two hours later picked up a part-time job, that that to me is like a big winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. But so um, I do it with like even dumb stuff like, oh, I didn't get in an accident right now. Like or winning got streak. got somewhere on time. Yeah, like- I got somewhere on time. Um, I <laughs> yeah. met somebody for coffee today and they bought my tea. Winning streak. Or so the essence behind this, so what Charlie does is like he was like, you know, like I get up every morning and I drink my coffee and I think – you know, I pour myself a cup of coffee and I think, gosh, this cup of coffee that I just made myself cost me like a dollar and 30 cents. Winning streak. Like I'm going to feel great after yeah. I drink this coffee. And it's just like, yes, it's kind of silly and like maybe a little dramatic. But for me, like, I don't know why, like when he started talking about that, I was like, I love this idea. I want to implement this in my life. So then I like, I sent the, that specific podcast to a couple people and um like Mike my boyfriend is like 
it's so funny. So now we'll, we'll like, you know, little things will happen to us and we're both like winning streak, you know, and it's like so silly, but at the same time, it's such an energy changer. Mm -hmm. And it's like, especially to just like yell it out and not care, like if I'm around someone or even if I'm by myself, like I sound like an idiot, but it makes me excited and it can be for like the dumbest thing. Like I'll probably leave here and I'll be in a super good mood because we talked and like, I always, my energy, like, like when I'm like, we, you know, chat and stuff, my energy is always like higher when I leave and I'll probably be in my car and I'll be like all jazzed up and I'll be like, winning streak. And then you're like listening to this later. Yeah, like I mean, it's just like (laughs) so like it's silly, but for for me, and it maybe doesn't work for everyone, but for me, it's been like huge. So like I have a text group now with a couple friends, and it's literally called the Winning Streakers. And I will text them in the morning, and I'll be like, something I'll do after I meditate. Also, is like um I have this little journal that I've kind of started writing in, and um it was it's actually. Oh, what's that journal that you and I talked about? It's the the no oh, the bullet journal. No, it's that little black one. Um, is it Versailles or Versailles or something like that? Mike got it for me for Christmas, and it really like it asks you, what are you grateful for at this moment? What's going good? What could be better? Reflect on your day. Well, I was using it to reflect on my day after my day. What I've been doing now is after I meditate, I sit down. And I'm like, oh, I'm grateful for this. Oh, I'm grateful for that. Oh, I'm grateful that I just meditated. And then in the section of reflect on your day, I write down something to the effect of crazy, amazing things are going to happen to me today. And I'll literally put like one, two, three, four, five, six. Like I expect at least 10 things. And this is another thing that like. like pre-paving. That Charlie guy does. And I was like, that Mm -hmm. to me is such a genius idea because it gets your mind in that like. Not only am I going to look for 10 good things today, but I'm going to be open and I'm creating the space. Like by writing it down and saying one, two, three, four, all the way to at least 10 and just that being blank, that to me is putting the space out in the universe to say like, I expect you to give me 10 good things today. Like, and it's just going to happen. Well, and you're open to it and you're looking for it. And that's mm-hmm. the essence of law of attraction is yeah. like you're attracting it and I think your winning streak concept is, like, putting those... I think it shifts your energy. Like, sometimes if my kids are in a mood, like, I'll put on some, like, crazy loud music, and Mm -hmm. I will just start dancing Mm -hmm. and singing. And if I sing, they usually get really annoyed. (laughs) But, like, they will dance, and they will have fun, and it will shift the energy, and Mm -hmm. it will... I mean, and I think that... We need tools in our lives that can help us shift our energy because especially huge. if we've got these thoughts that are running in circles in our mind, like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I quit my job, like, or, right. I mean, I do this all the time with architecture, like, my husband's voice in my head will be like, why don't you just get a full-time job? And I'm like, because this is the life that I want to create for myself. And mm-hmm. I have to, like... And if you say yes to something that isn't really aligned with the life you want to create... Are you really going to be happy? Right. Not and even happy. Like, I don't even have like, to go down Are you going to be fulfilled? I think that's that's what I'm trying to replace the word happy with fulfillment. Well, and recently. I could be. And I could you, make the best of it. You and could, but you don't want to. I think that's such a huge thing that people need to realize is there are so many things we could do. Right. But what do you actually want? Mm-hmm. And I think once, you know, when we've talked about this before, 
and I know that we both wholeheartedly believe this, is like once you actually can get um, quiet enough with yourself and say, what do I actually want? Not like what sounds good, what could I do, what could I be good at? Like what do you actually want? You know, I mean, that's how I I ended up getting this like, you know, um, design and staging job is because I started asking myself what I actually wanted. And oh my God, the universe was like, okay, you want it? Here you go. Right. Here's this great group of ladies to do it with too. Like, oh, what? And also not limiting our desire to create the reality that we want based on what other people say is possible for us. Like Mm -hmm. my kids think it's hilarious that I'm playing the lottery these days. Yeah. They're like, you're never going to win. Did you see the odds of those lottery? I'm like, yeah, but somebody has to win the lottery. Yeah. And I will never win if I don't play. Yes, exactly. I have a lot of things I could spend $232 million on. Yeah. So, and why not? (laughs) And so I feel like. If we just believe the reality that people are putting in front of us, like, you can believe that reality, but I don't but have I don't. to believe that reality. And I think that, like, that specific point for me comes back to the, um, like, the looking at life like a kid again. Because when you're right. a kid, you truly, like, I literally, when I was seven years old, and a little before, but I remember being seven and watching Martha Stewart every morning in the summer and saying, I want to be just like, I want to be Martha Stewart. And as I got older, thinking like that was literally like when people are like, well, what did you want to do when you grew up? And I was like, I wanted to be Martha Stewart. And that was, I was like embarrassed to say it out loud because it felt like such a stupid thing to say. Like, oh yeah, I want to be Martha Stewart. Like, or I, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I want my life to be like. And then I realized, like, this was something I came back to recently when I started asking myself, well, what do I want? I was like, I still want to be Martha Stewart. Like, that's what I want out of life. Like, I want that. And I stopped telling myself that it was stupid or it wasn't possible. And, you know, now I'm on this path of, like, you know, I met Amy. We're doing the staging and the design together. And we're, like, we're working on creating a YouTube channel and all these platforms to, to where I'm like, I am literally, like, I am able to be like Martha Stewart. Like, what I wanted to do when I was eight or seven or eight or whatever. And for the longest time, I felt it was, like, so stupid. Like, I kept taking different jobs and all these, you know, in different industries. Because to me, it was, like, doing design and being like Martha Stewart was not a realistic goal in life. Until I was, like, no, if that's what I want, that's what I can have. I just have to start saying no to all the things that aren't that and just have this like unwavering eight-year-old faith that if that's what I want, like it's totally possible. Like there's no, and it doesn't have to be hard either. Like I think that too, like we often tell ourselves like, yeah, like the journey might actually, like if you were talking about it later, people would be like, wow, that's hard. Wow. You, you did that to get to your goal. Like, Ooh, that sucks. But when we're in it, why do we have to think about things being hard? Why can't we think about things being easier? And like, because we actually, and I feel like when you actually enjoy something, even when you're in the hard spots of it, it doesn't feel hard because it's what you actually want. It's like that eliminates. Easy. Yeah. Like, and it's not always going to be like what we define as easy or hard, you know, within society. You know, yeah, you're going to have like days where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, of course, like we're human, but like really approaching things, you know, it's like, well, this is what I want. So 
why do I have to make it hard? And if I enjoy what I'm doing, then it's probably going to be fun even on the hard kind of crappy days, like it's still going to be like, no, I'm still working towards this thing that I really want. So who cares? You know, like, did I want to get a part-time serving job? No. Like, is that going to be like fun every day? Not necessarily, but I can make it fun. And I can say, oh my God, I'm so lucky that I got offered this job so that I can pursue my actual dreams and what I want to do. Like, that's awesome. You know, like instead of being like, you know, I feel like in 10 years when I'm sharing like the story of like how I went from where I'm at now to like having this like design empire that Amy and I want to create, we're working on creating. <laughs> Which is not me. <laughs> right. Not not, me, not Amy. this Amy, another Amy. <laughs> um, you know, that like that we're creating and I'm gonna step back and be like, I quit my job on a whim. I got a, you know, I served tables for a year, whatever it takes. And I did all these random things. Like, like I feel like, you know, to the outside person, they're going to be like, oh my God, that sounds hard. Why would you want to do all that? Well, to me, it's not hard. Like I feel happier and, and more free, I think in right now than I have in my entire life. And I didn't just choose a super easy path to go down. I chose a hard one, but it doesn't feel that way. Right. Well, and you've had like a couple different job changes over mm-hmm. the past, you yeah. know, five years or whatever. And so now you're like, I mean, and I feel like, like I have two, and I think I heard yesterday, like people have 11 different career changes in their life. And I'm wow. like, wow, that makes me I not feel so bad. <laughs> like, All right. That's what I said to you. I'm like, well, I've got quite a few more I can go on then. But it's, you know, definitely a journey. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, the, the easy path isn't always the straight path. Mm-mm. And, um, but often, you know, all these things are building up to, like you said, like you'll be able to look back on this and see, um, you know, from where you started and, and yeah. be able to kind of track this. That's actually like what I'm, I'm kind of, ex- this is the first time, like, I know we both are like big Gary Vee fans. <laughs> I was just going to bring Huge up Gary Vee fans. <laughs> we love you, Gary. Um, like for me, you know how he always talks about the process. And I used to like, when I was doing mortgage lending, when I was in insurance, I would always be like, yeah, I need to get pumped about this process. But I could never enjoy it because my end goal was so far away from anything that I wanted. I couldn't enjoy the process. But now that I'm at this place, I'm like, I will literally do whatever it takes to get to my goal of this like dream that I've had for so long. I'm able to do it. And it's like, I'll do whatever it takes. And I'm excited about like the process. I'm excited about it being like, not quite knowing what's going to happen. And I've never felt like that. Like this is the first time I'm really excited about the process. And I just think that that speaks so much to, you know, being honest with yourself and what you want out of life and Mm. believing that it's possible no matter how stupid you think, or, you know, you think other people might think it is, you know, like if we pulled like a hundred people right now and I was like, my dream is to be Martha Stewart. Most of those people are going to be like, honey, you're never going to be Martha Stewart. Like, you know, like go back to your day job. Right. Um, and when I say that, I obviously like don't want to be exactly like Martha Stewart, but that's just like, 
it's an easy reference. Right. You want to have like an empire of home decor and yes. all the <laughs> And I like for the first time in my life, I believe that's possible. Do I know how all that's going to play out and how I'm going to connect all those dots? No. I truly believe though that because I've decided, I've made the actual decision that as long as I can keep my mindset in the right place and keep myself open to the universe of infinite possibilities um, and like the quantum possibilities of life, it will happen. Right. And it doesn't mean it, I don't have to work for it. Like it's not everything's not just going to fall right. in my lap. And that's where the secret is like a little Super bit like, lacking. Right. People They're are just like, like, I'm just going to look at these vision boards and all of a sudden I'm going to win the lottery. No. Well, buy a stinking ticket. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I think, you know, like they reference like, I think they reference like the new car that you want or whatever, you know, think about yourself driving that new car and, you know, and then bam, you'll get the new car. No, right. You got to like, go out and look at cars and yes. you need to meet people and you need to like. Yes, you maybe you can't afford that car right now that you want. So it's like, yeah, okay, I want this, but you have to actually take action and be willing to work to get it. And right. that's something that the secret does not really touch on hardly at all. Right. Like but, it's a nice motivator and it's nice to get you like started in that mindset. Mm-hmm. But then the people that just think like, like I, my least favorite quote ask believe receive I hate that quote so many people use it Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah it's nice and it's warm and makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside like ask for it believe in it receive it and and there is in essence it's partially true but I think so many people just take it so on the surface that they don't realize that that also means that you might have to take some action massive action like I think that's the biggest thing is like taking that massive action once you make the decision like for me that massive action just this week was hi it's Monday and I'm quitting my job you know and that started the ball rolling towards the other direction Mm -hmm. and that was a massive action now I need to stay you know I need to keep that water boiling in in a sense and like you know, keep moving with that. And I can't let that momentum slow down because if it does, like that's where I'm going to be driving in my car saying, Oh shit, I quit my job. Oh, how am I going to pay this bill next week? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? It's going to bring me back down. Like I have to try, you know, and I know I'm going to have days like that. Right. And we're human, but yeah, but that's where, you know, some of like the I don't know. People don't think that by meditating, you're actually accomplishing anything. But are so much. It sets you in that that place of like just being mindful. And I think it stops the thoughts. Mm -hmm. The thoughts. Even if you suck at it, like me, you you know, a while for for a a minute. For a minute, it's just that that practice of like no, no, like shutting off your brain, like something that I'll sometimes do, like when I have kind of like a negative thought or something that I don't like pop in my head, I try and do this thing where I'm like, I don't accept that. I don't right. accept right. that. Right. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm not believing in that thought. I'm believing mm-hmm. in this Even other. though realistically and in society, anybody would be like, no, you should believe that thought. <laughs> right. That happens. People do get homeless when they yeah. lose their house and car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you really need to have money to pay your bills. Like, and I'm just like, you know what? The money will come. It'll mm-hmm. be okay. And like, you know, I kind of have almost like been that way my whole life. Like I had this like, higher knowing 
But it was like, I had so many people in my life that are like, who the hell do you think you are? Like, you can't talk like that. You can't believe like that. And it it took me, you know, 28 plus years of my life to figure out that like, no, I actually can. Like, there's a reason that that has kind of always been in the back of my mind and has always resonated with me. It was just, I wasn't in the right frame of mind myself and I wasn't around the right people, you know, to be able to say like, no, like you can believe that your life sucks and is hard, but I don't believe that about my life. And you can think I'm a crazy lunatic for being like, money's going to come. I don't know where it's coming from, but it'll be here. Like I will, you know, I'll get my insurance bill paid next week. It's fine. And Mm -hmm. I believe that. Like, even though, like, I can't tell you how that's going to happen or, you know, whatever it is, you know, that's just like an example. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think so many times that's why we never progress towards the things because, you know, our regular brain kicks in and is like, that's not possible. Like, do you know anybody else that's done that? Oh, you don't? Well, then why do you think you can? And we have to flip it to the opposite and say, no, I believe that I can do it. Well, and it goes from the thinking mind to the knowing and in, in yes. your gut. And yes. if you if you don't recognize that you have that gut and that intuition, like you're gonna keep acting out of that thinking mind and it's just gonna Yeah, keep it kills you. you. That's yeah. the thing. So well we have to wrap up because I know you have places to be. I do. And Thank I'm kinda you. sad because I could just go on. I and know. On and We're on like and just on getting forever. Just getting Maybe into we the make this flow like a two part series. I would love to have you back. I like interviewing people. I feel like getting just a conversation and a dialogue mm-hmm. going helps the flow and the inspiration well, it does to because, come. You know, like when I've, that's been my thing with like thinking about doing a podcast. It's like, I don't know if I can sit and like just talk out loud to people for a half hour. Right. Like Some people are really episode. good at doing that, you know, but me, like, I'm going to play around with it. Yeah. And that's why I thought, oh, maybe I'll do like three to five minute little like rants or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, see of how they feel. Nature. Put them on Instagram. Like you don't have to launch podcast, but yeah, you, you know, Anchor is a good way to start yeah. another shameless plug from yep. my, <laughs> Shout my out to sponsor. Anchor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I'll link up your like hashtags and and yeah. where people can find you in the show notes. So Yes, I'm super excited.